When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Brilliant, yet pointless. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. That's the last point I wanted to make you. Aaron Rodgers, for the past couple of years, has been coming out almost every game in the beginning of the season looking like he's sleeping. If the guy's looking dopey when he comes out on the field, you can tell. It's like the guy just woke up from a nap and he's not ready to play this game. Same damn thing tonight. It looked like he just woke up and he's not ready to play this game. You know what, dude? You need to get your ass up and get ready to get going on this because this is a big boys game and it's a big boy league. And if you don't want to play this game and you can't get yourself amped up for it, that's either A, a problem with coaching, or B, a problem for him for preparation. Wow, that's that's a glorious throwback Packer vent line clip right there. It's a nice hot take. Whoever called in, whoever that guy was, Bill in Waukesha, whoever that guy was, Probably not going to like this Yahoo Sports report. We're keeping Collar around for this, too, because this is fascinating. And it was predicted on this radio show. All these reports that came out earlier in the offseason, oh, Rodgers and the Packers are talking contract extension. And I think we raised our eyebrows and said, really? Why, if you're Rodgers, why would you enter into that with two years left? And it also didn't see a lot, uh, or it didn't take a lot to see see that this was going to happen. Like, he's been, dry, he's been hinting at this for how long now? Yeah. Two well, years? Here's the report. This is from Charles Robinson, friend of the Mackey and Judd Show. Aaron Rodgers would like more inclusion when the Green Bay Packers are making major personnel decisions that impact him. Whether he speaks those words directly or publicly remains to be seen, but it's a reality weighing on the quarterback as he moves forward in contract extension negotiations, according to multiple league sources who spoke with Yahoo Sports. What triggered discontent for Rodgers? While the relationship between Rodgers and the Packers isn't in total disrepair, like how that's that must be really unsettling if you're a Packers fan. Hey, it's not in total disrepair, but one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Uh, two league sources familiar with the quarterback's mindset described him as both frustrated and emotional over a lack of communication from the front office prior to some significant decisions this offseason. Specifically, sources said Rodgers has lingering discontent being completely cut out of discussions that resulted in the departures of Jordy Nelson and quarterbacks coach Alex Van Pelt. And uh, it apparently is entering his thought process when it comes to his next contract extension. Quote from a league source, both of those decisions were made without him. In both situations, he had no influence with the front office before anything went down. I know he's thinking about that stuff when it comes to the next contract because he should have earned a voice by now. In other places, the elite quarterbacks, consideration is given to those guys. Rodgers wants to be engaged in some decisions, but that's that's not the way it works in Green Bay. You know what? 
Kirk Cousins, how do you like Green Bay? Let's let would you like to would you like to wear some green and gold? How about a straight up trade? I blame ownership in Green Bay. Every one of you who owns that stock in Green Bay, yeah. it's your fault. No, I'm just kidding. Uh I don't understand what the Packers freaking problem here is. I, I mean, why would you have the best quarterback in the NFL? Arguably, we'll put Brady Brees in that same category. I'll take any one of those three, thank you. And Big Ben probably belongs there, too. You haven't given this man a defense in how many years? As the Minnesota Vikings and their fans, they should be like, thanks, Green Bay, for never getting defensive players to help out Aaron Rodgers because otherwise it would be really obnoxious for them to have three or four Super Bowls, which they might have with as talented of a quarterback as he is. I don't understand not going to him and saying, hey, you know, we've got an issue here with Jordy Nelson. So he's getting paid way too much. Should we ask him about maybe restructuring? What do you think? What did you see from him? And if Roger says, look, I really need him. I know that he's not what he used to be, but he and I have this great chemistry and it, it makes a big difference. So then if they asked Nelson to restructure and he said, no, well, sorry, that's business then. But it sounds like from what Nelson said, nobody came to him and asked for nothing. They just said, see you later. Go enjoy playing for John Gruden. And that's a little bit weird to me considering how much Nelson did for the organization. You see the Vikings regularly with players like this go to them and say, even Latavius Murray, hey, Latavius, we can't really afford you. What do you think about this restructure? They did it with Chad Greenway in uh, out of respect in a way like, hey, we can't still pay you that much, but we want you around. Mm-hmm. To not do it at all with Nelson, to not ask Aaron Rodgers is bizarre. And if you're Rodgers, it's just one thing after the next. It's like a relationship that you have with anybody in your life. Like, yeah, sure, you're going to have conflict along the way, but when it's thing after thing after thing after thing, it's like, okay, I mean, eventually this is getting pretty old, and how am I supposed to be convinced, if you're Aaron Rodgers, that you're going to put the team together to win us a Super Bowl? This is why you got rid of Ted Thompson. So I really don't get this. Well, it's part but, of the reason, like bad drafting and no, no, but lack of aggressiveness in the offseason. But I'm, sa- but I'm saying the, the reason why you, you moved in a different direction was to change things here. And what I don't get is is how how does uh, the team president not go to Gutekunst, the new GM, and say, okay, the most important thing here for the next five years is Aaron's happy. That's the most important thing. We can fire our coach, and guess what? We're going to get a new coach, and if Aaron's happy, we're going to win. If Aaron's happy and healthy, those are the most important things for the next five years in Green Bay. Yeah. So I'm perplexed here. If if they are if they're just saying, well, we, we are not going to let a player call the shots. That's absolutely stupid because this is a this is a generationally great player who I think you at least go to, and if nothing else, bounce things off of him. And if you don't like it, sit down and say, here's why we don't like what you're thinking, Aaron. But to let guys go and to make roster moves that involve people who are tantamount to Aaron's success. Is really dumb. I, I like the way Kyler put it with like just having having basic courtesy in a relationship too. So a, f- a front office slash franchise and a franchise Hall of Fame quarterback that's an equal partnership marriage. I wouldn't say the same thing about like the backup nickel cornerback. <laughs> right, I, I would yeah. never say that that uh, Anderson Deho should be kept in the loop on all things that Rick Spielman does. But if Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback, that's an equal fifty fifty marriage. You you are going to succeed without him. And you know, ideally, you know he, you know he's getting a lot of money from you, and so it's an equal partnership. 
if your spouse or girlfriend or fiance or whoever it is that is in your life constantly came to you and said, hey, I really just need to like, if you're going to be late coming home from work or if you're going to be gone for the weekend, like I really just want to make or if you're going to go buy an animal for the house, like you're going to buy a dog, like let's (laughs) let's like be on the same page with these decisions because it's a 50 50 marriage. Uh, So why you wouldn't if you know that your top five all time greatest quarterback guy is not happy with your communication why you wouldn't alter that is so boneheaded. It seems but you like know what? Vikings fans rejoice, I guess. They, they should, yeah, and rejoice at some of the decisions that they've made just in general over the last few years. What's a little bit odd to me is Rodgers isn't quite old enough for this to be happening. I mean, I saw yesterday there was a report with Brady is tired of the Patriot way with yeah. Belichick and things like And this happens when quarterbacks get older, the superstar quarterback, we certainly saw it with Brett Favre, that there gets you get to a point where it's like, okay, we've been around each other for this long. If we haven't continued to win Super Bowls like you know Brady losing last year, you could see where there would be some conflict there between the organization and the management and the coach if they're together for just too long. But what is Rodgers? Is he 34? 34, yeah. Which you have five years left as a great quarterback That's on this level. Point. Now he, But he, he and McCarthy have been together for quite some time. And I, I will say this. While Mike is, I think, important in personal decisions, but not probably the final guy, uh, the thing with Aaron that goes back quite a ways that's weird about the, the relationship between coach and quarterback here is things like what, what happened at the Dome years ago when McCarthy threw a challenge flag and Rodgers, yes, and yeah. Rodgers rightfully so, went ballistic, but it was a very odd dynamic to see play out publicly. You don't see, you don't react that way to someone if you respect them. Exactly right. And yeah. so I do wonder, but, but here's the simple thing. If the relationship is fractured there, guess what I do? I make a coaching change. Yeah. Like, this is not tough. This is not, I really like Mike McCarthy, and I might, no, I fired the, the coach. But there's been things, um, I heard a few years back that McCarthy didn't like some of the media obligations that Aaron had, and therefore was changing meeting time so he simply couldn't do them. Like, just weird stuff like that. If I if I employ a quarterback who's this good, I say to myself, okay, there's certain things about his personality that might annoy me at times, but guess what? He's got a chance to win me Super Bowls, and nobody else really does. There seems to be with Rodgers a little bit of what's happened with LeBron at times in the past where it's this battle over, okay, who's really in charge here? We're the team. We're really in charge. You're the player. And with someone like David Blatt, it's like, okay, well, you can go. And Tyron Lou, you just listen to LeBron and mm-hmm. see if you can help him, and then you win because – He's the best player, and he's going to be the difference between whether you win or lose, and the same thing goes for Aaron Rodgers. I think that there's similar value between a superstar NBA player of LeBron's caliber or James Harden's and what a quarterback brings to your franchise. Mm -hmm. It's just consistent excellence even when you're not that good. McCarthy, too, I don't think that he's adapted very well. I think that he was ahead of the game. Um, There's a book called Smart Football written by Chris Brown that's really good where he talks about some of the the innovations that McCarthy and Rodgers came up with, but then everyone else copied them, and they haven't stayed really ahead of the game there. That's when you have to make a change. Now, if you're Rodgers, you might look at this and say, hey, Favre did this, and maybe I've got to do the same thing. Maybe I've got to go somewhere else to get my second chance at this because this relationship is untenable. And where we'll really find out might be the draft. Well, I yeah, mean, could you imagine sure. if they draft a quarterback? Yeah, if I'm if I'm the Packers, excuse me, with Rodgers two years left and, and 34, I don't do – at this point, 
The scales are so tipped. Rodgers has so much leverage after last season over the Packers. And this is like to loop in your draft point. All the things that you could score for the organization or Rodgers have scored for Rodgers in the last 18 months or so. He gets hurt. Franchise looks like a dumpster fire. They fire GM. Uh, they can't stop anyone defensively. They uh, they they can't find a running back. Like all these all these coins are going in the Aaron Rodgers bucket over here. If you were to draft a quarterback on top of that, now that's another okay. Well, like I I'm not I, I don't have to sign another contract with you after two years. And here's another thing. This is where Bill Belichick has at least been able to maintain leverage compared to Tom Brady. That, that, that It's been a 50-50 split as opposed to maybe Rodgers being like 80-20 with the Packers. When Tom Brady went down with an injury or when Tom Brady was suspended, Matt Castle in 2011 and then Jimmy Garoppolo stepped in and also Jacoby Brissett. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, like, the team didn't win a Super Bowl with Matt Castle, but they went 11-5. and And Tom Brady eventually came back after four games a couple years ago. And we don't know how that would have played out with the backup quarterbacks. But Bill Belichick can always say, subconsciously or otherwise, we're pretty damn good without you. So I have leverage over you. Mike McCarthy and the Packers can't say here's, that with Aaron Rodgers. Here's what the Packers, the smart move. If if things continue to disintegrate this year, you fire him. And, and with about four or five years left, you hire a defensive coach. You go find a, a Zimmer type. And you say, Aaron, we're going to get a defensive coach. This guy's going to be really good at defense. And guess what? You are going to be the de facto offensive coordinator who works with somebody in in perfecting things as much as possible. But the way that we are going to win a Super Bowl in the twilight of your career, potentially, is to have a guy who knows what, what he's doing defensively and doesn't essentially step on your toes. Oh, I totally agree with that. And the situation to look at there would be with Denver, with Peyton Manning where he was basically the offensive coordinator. And at this Which point... Which the Colts, too, at times. Right. right. But then they stacked up their defense, yep, and, and that right. helped. That's At this point in Aaron Rodgers' career, and at that point in Manning's career, they know so much about this game that they could easily coach any team in the league, draw up any offensive scheme. They know every defense. You listen to Tony Romo talk on Sundays. Like, that guy could have been an offensive coordinator really easily. They know everything that's going on. So why get in the power struggle with, I say this because I'm the coach? Hubris really kills a lot of coaches. It's amazing how often that that happens. And that's why you look at Golden State with someone like Steve Kerr, where it seems like he's taken a completely different approach that I think a lot of coaches in the future are looking at and copying him that we'll see that are much more involved with the players as opposed to I mean, looking Tibbs is at involved with the players too, just in a different way. Yes. Uh, he he's, he's involved. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's vocal. He's vocal with the players, yes. right? He yes. communicates yes. loudly one way. Yes. Um, but, but it, it seems like to me that a, they've been together for too long mm-hmm. and B there is that hubris issue where McCarthy believes that he's this great genius head coach. Oh, it definitely and, does. And, yeah. the, and when once as a coach, when you start believing that you're the reason you win, that's when you're out. Because it ain't you. It's LeBron. You're there to like you're there to make sure everyone's on the same page and everyone's sort of collaborating with each other and you're a streak you're a straw in the NBA. Yep. Just uh and, and it goes for anything. It goes for anything. I mean, Mike Zimmer is a defensive genius. I would never question that. But you go position by position. He wasn't a defensive genius in 2014, but now he is because they are freaking stacked at every single position. And that's, you get the most out of them. Zimmer does that. Shermer did that last year on the offensive side. 
but once you think that you're just so great, your scheme is so great, and you're in charge and everything else, and then you let Aaron Rodgers walk out the door for one reason or another, you know that that's that's going to be your downfall, yeah. and it might be in Green Bay. If you want to read the whole thing, uh, the, the the starting point for this conversation, it's our buddy Charles Robinson on Yahoo Sports, and it just. It, it goes in-depth into why Aaron Rodgers is not thrilled with the Packers and why those contract negotiations have not gone along quite the way that the Packers hope. Matthew Collar, find him on 1500ESPN.com and the Purple Podcast in Saturday Sports Talk. See you, Collar. Bye, Matthew. Bye, Utopia. Uh, football Utopia. Draft Utopia. Yes. Oh, we've, we've got some Favre news, and it's a bummer. Did he die? What? No, no, no. But he almost did something that, that would have been great fun, and he... Failed. He didn't pass the audition. Let's get to it next. Okay. Mackie and Judd are back. I've been waiting for this for a long time. On 1500 ESPN. This portion of Mackie and Judd is sponsored by Pleasureland RVs. And don't forget, it's your chance to kick off spring in stride with the Medtronic TC One Mile Thursday evening, May 10th. On the riverfront in downtown Minneapolis. It's short and sweet, fast and fun. You can run with coworkers or friends and family, choose from raceways for first timers, recreational runners, corporate teams, and more than stay to cheer on the pros as they race them at amazing speeds and enjoy the post race party with food trucks, a cash bar, and a live DJ. Head to 1500ESPN.com keyword events for more details. Cool. This is a bummer. Uh, so Peyton Manning a couple weeks ago, I believe, uh, turned down the potential job on Monday Night Football as the analyst for ESPN. So according to Pro Football Talk, Brett Favre then scored an audition for the role of lead analyst for Monday Night Football. According to Andrew Marchand of the New York Post, it didn't go well, and Favre no longer is under consideration Wait. for the gig. Oh, it didn't go well? It did not go well, and Favre has now been eliminated for consideration <laughs> for the gig. How much fun would Brett Favre Wait, have been? So I thought, okay, when because I had not seen the story, I thought it was going to be Brett Favre just wasn't really interested, but no. they wanted him. They wanted- so he was interested. Yes. But... He just didn't do very well in the audition. Well, what did they like? He's just he's going to ramble, right? Of course he will. How can you even tell if if you gave the guy a, a what did they just like do a simulation game and he was and he rambled too much? It said he, talking about he, they were ask himself too many questions between plays. <laughs> he and all that the ball. other guys are bringing in. They're doing it with Joe Tessitore, uh, the new play by play guy. So yeah, they're probably watching old games and hey Brett, wow. uh, let's see what you got. So it's Joe Tessitore, and we don't know who his partner is going to be yet. They've brought in Favre, apparently Booger McFarlane's in the mix, Rex, Rex Ryan. Ryan. They've Rex brought Ryan in Jason Witten and Greg Olson, who are still under contract to play in the league this year. Yeah, it's a very odd deal. Brett Favre, though, okay, like, to your point, though, if Brett Favre comes in and rambles, and I mean, that's what he's going to do. That That's what makes him Brett Favre. That's what makes him fun. He's not going to be concise. If you're looking for a guy, if you're looking for a guy who the play ends and he summarizes what you just saw and then turns it back to Joe Tessitore, Brett ain't okay. that guy. Can we Come just on. bury Monday Night Football right now? But, like, like, listen no, to the, it's too much listen fun. To the, so this is all due respect. Joe Tessitore is a good play-by-play guy, and Sean McDonough was a good play-by-play guy. But we're talking like in the history of Monday Night Football. We're talking, and Mike Tirico is headed toward that sort of top echelon status when it's all said and done. Al Michaels was the Al Michaels is one of the greatest play-by-play men in the history of sports. And we're talking about Jason Witten and Joe Tessitore. We're talking about 
random guys like Greg Olson and Joe Tessitore bringing you the seventh best game this week thing, on Monday well, night. Also, wah, wah. also considered have been Kurt Warner, Matt Hasselbeck, Lewis Riddick, and Joe Thomas. And supposedly Moss was going to be considered, and I don't know if that if, if he got the audition or Joe not. Joe Thomas would be great, actually. But here's what, all right, so when, when Monday night football started, it started as this primetime game that everyone said no one's going to watch football on Monday nights. They watch it on Sunday. And Monday night football very quickly became a product that that went against what everyone believed, right? They put Cosell in the booth, the first type. Cosell, yes. And it was and, and it worked. And it was Dandy Don and Cosell sparring back and forth. And and it was no longer about the traditional parameters of analyst and play-by-play. With to your point, Phil, with the package that ESPN is getting now, why don't they think of it like that? If if you bring in far, John Gruden was actually like I. A lot of people rip on John Gruden. I love John Gruden for that reason. And, but if fun. you, he was the most fun thing about Monday Night Football. But if you bring in Favre and far, why do you bring him in to to do like a practice game? Why don't you bring him in and sit him down with Tessator and say, "Here's what we're thinking," and it's outside the box. This traditional, this let's put the analyst with the play-by-play guy and let's yeah. get, let's try and match NBC and Fox. First of all, your package of game stinks. Second of all, it's Monday Night Football. The the original heritage of this thing was going and doing something different. Do something. If if you did, let's just say you told Tessator, we want you to set things up and and we want you to spark conversation. But we're thinking Favre and Moss. And yes, at first it might be clunky and it's going to sound weird, but it's going to be different. Is it possible? When, when does the NFL's deal with ESPN run out? Like in a couple of years? Like I'd have to within, look. within five years, right? I mean, they're definitely I on the home stretch. I think you're correct. Is it possible that with the deal coming to an end and ESPN and the NFL see the writing on the wall with just how strained their relationship is, that they don't want to have to, that they're just going the cheap route here? That they're just like, the games are bad, the relationship is sour. Uh, like the ratings have gone down, we just we just spent a lot of money on this new morning show with Jalen Rose and Michelle Beadle and up, Mike okay. Greenberg. Is it possible that like Joe Tessitore doesn't need as much salary as uh, Mike Chirico would? So I think I would. Are, are be, they doing just? Are they just riding this out? That'd be a shame because what if they might be, but it makes no, no sense because this is this still remains the most valuable play-by-play property that you can possibly have. So I would be going back what, it, to it, the it, league. In what sense? Like in terms of how much they pay for it? Well, in terms of, of what you pay, but the but the ratings that it draws too. There's, Sunday night is a much more valuable spot than Monday night. No, now. but I'm but the league itself. If you're going to have if. if you can have one play-by-play property. This is the the one to have. Monday Football night? is the one to have. No, no, the oh. league. It's a, what what I'm saying is, if they are accepting the fact that the league is going to take this package elsewhere and they're done, that's a huge blow. So what I would be trying to do is repair things and also say, if we are going to get a package that is going to give us take take your pick of bad teams, but if we're going to get a consistent package of subpar games, how can we best showcase it to to get people to say, I still want to watch. Looks like the ESPN deal is uh, through 2021. So it's coming 1. quick. 1.9 billion a year. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's coming up quick. Now that might be part of the reason they say, you know, we only have three more years left of this BS or whatever it is, four more years.
But if you lose Joe Tessator and whoever the hell wants it, and one of the Hasselbacks, hell, both Hasselbacks, you guys can put them in the split booth. the paycheck. No one's going to know the difference anyway. But if you lose be great. that property, that's a that's a massive loss because that's that's what what easily gets you the most attention. Yeah, but they're paying. But, but like Dave said, I mean, this is a, the reason why they've had to fire so many people is because sure. they're paying one point nine sure. billion dollars for that property, and it's not giving them a return on investment that they feel comfortable. Okay, with. but if if I'm signed up through two thousand and twenty or so, I still would go back and think to myself, in the remaining time that we possibly have, how can I showcase this product as best as possible, knowing that I'm being given a series of Cardinals Titans games, and Favre would do it. Favre and Moss would be it might it would be fun it might be clunky but Actually, it would be fun a Favre Moss and then like literally whoever the third guy Tessator is Tessator could really just set them Tessator. up yeah anybody could set them up uh, Dave what do you got for stuff you should know about next a couple big bombs yesterday we have a gusgasm that we need to hear from a couple nights wow. ago and the Blue Jays ooh a little leg on their face yesterday gusgasm. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. You guys are all encompassing. Mackey and Judd. You can listen to this for a little bit of pop culture, a little Correct. bit of uh, what's hip in the city. On 1500 ESPN. Stuff you should know about is sponsored by Cub. Cub is looking for great people just like you to join their amazing team. Stop in for on-site interviews Thursday, April 26th through Saturday, April 28th. And grow with Cub. Go to Cub.com for details. Judge Show, give me a go-no-go for stuff you should know about. Hosts, go. Producer, we're go. Technical, go. Music, go. Volume, go. The actual stuff, we are go. Control, we are a go. You are clear to launch stuff you should know about. We are go for launch. What you know about? Okay, Dave Harrigan, what type of stuff do you got for us today? I didn't know that was coming. That was... That was different than we've had before. We're now astronauts. Congratulations, boys. Only going where no stuff has ever gone before. Let's hope this goes better than Apollo 13. (laughs) Though at least, hey, they returned. That was nice. They did. That was nice. Actually, it could have been worse. It it, it has been worse. There's nothing constructive I can say. Let's hope it goes better than some of those alien movies where, like, you know, big gigantic aliens kill everyone. Spoiler alert. No? Who's who's Sigourney Weaver in that equation? Probably Judd. Who's the one survivor? Probably yeah, I Judd. suppose Judd. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Got my cup of coffee right here. I'm waiting for stuff. Uh, this bat didn't survive yesterday. Here's the pitch. Swung on. A broken bat. Fly ball to deep right center field. Nimmo back of the warning track at the wall. It is gone. Goodbye. He broke his bat. And he hit a home run. Unbelievable. Bang. Zoom goes Bryce Harper. But don't tell me the baseballs are the same. Bang Zoom. Wow. Bang Zoom. Bang Zoom. That's how he rolls. Bang and, uh, Zoom, everybody. The Washington guy. Hey. Not, hey, a was bit. that the guy that they were poking that sound, that on yeah. uh, Golik and Wingo they yes. were saying sounds like Brockmeyer? Hey. That's right. Is that it, is his way? normal call. Bang Zoom. Well, I could use the short end of that bat to stir the drink that I've got in front of me right now. Bang <laughs> Zoom. Washington Leeds. Play-by-play guy is. I'll I'll look up his name here. I forgot. But yeah, that was the broken bat home run. This bat definitely was not broken. The ball may have been. And the 2-1. Hit in the air to deep right center field. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. A Judgian blast over the auxiliary (laughs) scoreboard and into the right center field bleachers. All rise. Here comes the judge. Aaron Judge 
Hits his fourth of the year, and the Yankees take a 3 nothing lead. And he's the fastest to 60 really, in you, his career. You play back-to-back bang-zoom guy and then some John Sterling for it us? get worse. There was two from D.D. Gregorius yesterday. Oh, oh really? Yes. I didn't pull him. Okay. Oh, I didn't. Why I, am I disappointed? I shouldn't be disappointed I, I was I going am. to, but he mailed it in. What? Sterling is mailing in. I think because he wants to get, he's got another Stanton call. I don't know if you guys have heard this. How yeah. long has it been? The Stanton's not hitting home runs, right? No, I think only the two on opening day, and that's it. But there might he, be a third one in there, but yeah. Whatever. Sterling has said that he's got another version of the Stanton call ready, but he can't use it. So, you know, you get a oh, judging blast. All right, blah, blah, blah. And yesterday, yeah, yes, indeedy. He, you know, Gregorius, you know, makes Yankee what? fans euphorious. I suppose. Yawn. Uh, so disappointing. <laughs> well, it's, too it's bad. not disappointing. Uh, a couple nights ago, you had the uh, miraculous shot that got uh, got the Bucks to overtime in their uh, playoff game. Did you know that Gus Johnson calls the game on FS Wisconsin? Yes, I did know that. I uh, did not know that, no. I forgot That's about for that. Years, yeah. But Chris Middleton made that long, long three-pointer to send it to OT. Bucks did lose, but hey, we still got the gasm. Here's out to the combo. Looking. Middleton! Oh! Yo! Yo! Oh! Chris Middleton! What a shot! Okay, play that again. It's the noise in the background. I can't. Here's out to the combo. Looking. Middleton. Oh! Yo! Yo! Chris Middleton. What a shot. There was like a secondary gasm in there. I'd like to report a homicide. (laughs) No, there was a secondary gasm in there. There was the, the, and then it was like a pause, and then a, Oh, it doesn't get any better. By the way, Charlie Slows is the uh, Nats uh, radio guy, just so we can clear that up. But that is an incredible gasm right there. Good stuff. Bravo, Gus. On Sunday, ball games are being canceled, postponed all over the uh, country, not just here in Minnesota because of terrible weather. That's everywhere because winter sucks and it won't go away. The San Diego Padres decided to have a little fun on Twitter and sending out a tweet with a beautiful photo of their ballpark, sunny skies, couple nice white puffy clouds, and say, due to the weather in the San Diego era, our game today will be dot, 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 played as scheduled. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. The Blue Jays found that funny. Yesterday, they had a home game against the Kansas City Royals. They sent out a tweet as weather was awful in Toronto, ice, snow, everything. Weather update, due to our stadium having a roof, today's game will be dot, 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 Played as expected, winky face emoji. Except it wasn't. There was the problem. Two hours later, they send out the tweet. The Toronto Blue Jays are currently working with CN Tower, the giant tower, which happens to be right next to Rogers Center, and Toronto Police Service to assess the conditions around Rogers Center and the viability of playing tonight's game against the KC Royals. We will continue to assess the situation and provide an update shortly. The problem is... Ice was falling from the top of CN Tower, which is like 11, 1,200 feet high, and landing on Rogers Center and creating a hole in the roof. Game canceled. Wow. So it was just like like knives falling from a skyscraper into a... Absolutely. Okay, that's good. So did they? is it fixable in the short term, or is this going to be a problem for 
Like the when the Viking Stadium uh, collapsed, play, like there was no games being they played. They're scheduled to play two today, yes. so I think it's been fixed. A three oh seven straight double header is the plan. Did you also hear about the Royals' troubles while they were uh, trying to get to their yeah, hotel the or airport incident? Yeah, they had so they had a couple team buses, you know, yeah. transporting everybody where they were headed, and a giant piece of ice must have flown flown off one bus. Hit the other bus, shattered the windshield, shards of glass all over bus driver's face. Relief pitcher, former twin, Blaine Boyer, has to get up and hop in the driver's seat with the bus driver and help him steer the thing to, to the side of the road. Been a tough season so far. Well, Jeez. if anyone knows about bus crashes, it would be Blaine Boyer in the late innings. <laughs> no, okay. The man might have saved Sorry, lives. I'll stop. Shaquille O'Neal was on the Late Late Show the other day. James Corden. Uh, who else was with him? Uh, what's her name? Did, she, wait, Shaq, did Shaq do a ride-along, sing-along thing? No, no. He was just chatting about all things Britain and England. Victoria Beckham was on. They were talking about the, the big wedding coming up. And Shaq threw up the serious question of, well, if, say, I or anyone else were just to marry the queen, she is married, but if we were to marry the queen, would that make me the king of England? The answer was, well, I don't think that's really how it works, but no. nice try, Shaq. Anyway, last night on the uh, NBA on TNT, they decided, well, since you want to be the king, you should probably know the words to the British national anthem, oh, God no. Save the Queen, right? Or at least know how it goes if we gave you the words. God save our gracious queen. Long live our noble queen. <laughs> God save our queen. Send her victorious, He's happy slow down. and glorious, slow down. long to reign over you, love some of the queen, Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to mess with, Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to mess with. Hey, you know Gwen is going to be Rolling down the street, smoking, smoking, <laughs> sipping on gin and juice. Uh, gin and juice part actually is part of the oh, English national anthem. Really? <laughs> Get a sticker onto the end to find oh. that part. Yeah. How do we feel about the Heat evening up this series with old man Dwayne Wade last night going off for twenty-eight and seven? I believe it was just gunning from twenty. What are they call him from now, twenty feet. Uh, yeah. ESPN.com had a headline that called him. What was it? Um, I can't even remember the nickname. It'll come to me here during the segment. But it was like, okay, oh, oh, instead of Father Time, mm -hmm. Father Prime, because mm -hmm. he never leaves his prime. Uh, I see what he did yes. after the game. He was asked about uh, you know what uh, what brought on this amazing performance, and he blamed PEDs. Well, everyone blamed, I guess. He gave credit to Kevin Hart, noted 76ers fan who was courtside for talking trash. So just another thing, Kevin Hart has ruined. ruined he he was the NBA. belligerent courtside during that game. They kept showing him every time there was a questionable call by an Do official. He was like running? running on the court. No. I don't either. No. I think at times he can it. be. Him, I think he's completely oversaturated yes. now. It's way too much. And him and Dane Cook are in the same category for me. Like I've oversaturated. I've never gotten either him or Dane Cook. I think it's going to be a five-year run and then eventually like just fade out. The popularity just amazes me with him. So there's that. <laughs> he's not a fan. Not a fan. Sorry. The, the Super Bowl thing where he like got up on the stage. 
Yeah, you guys could, could respond to that. The Super Bowl <laughs> like thing. just like saying things. The Super Bowl thing, though, where, where he like got, got up on the stage and thought, I'm Kevin Hart. They're not going to kill you. Dude, you're not that great. Well, he was drunk then. Give him credit no, I know, for that. But, but the NBA All-Star Game introductions that lasted like 20 minutes between him and Rob Riggle, another guy who's never been funny. Yeah, Rob life. Riggle's another oh, one. I wow. don't, hey, Fox, you, Fox acts like he's this great comedian. It's like, dude, you're not funny. No, he's never been. He also followed Jimmy Kimmel and uh, what was the other name? The other guy's name, Frank Caliendo, too. Like, those guys were pretty yeah. successful impression, uh, impressionists. <gasps> Tough to follow. Yeah, that is difficult. Um, any more thoughts on Kevin Hart there, Judge? Just not a fan. Not a fan of him, Riggle. You're right, Dave. They're both not funny. Those are my thoughts. Jason Stark isn't all that funny, but he's awesome, and he's going to join us in like 45 minutes. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. I want to say thanks for uh, being one of the local radio stations that's been brutally honest, but you guys have been in it from the ground floor, which is great. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Save the day. The snow is going to melt, and the fourth annual Town Ball Classic will return to Target Field Saturday, May 26th. Presented by 1500 ESPN and the Minnesota Twins. The day kicks off at 10 a.m. with Class C game. Uh, then the Class B takes place after that, followed by Class A, all broadcast on 1500 ESPN. Tickets are just 10 bucks, good for the entire day of ball. Proceeds from the event benefit the Twins Community Fund. For more info or to purchase your tickets, head to 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. This is another in the Vikings' young core uh, to get paid, and they got... I mean, they got so many of them, seemingly star-studded defense. Anthony Barr likely next here, but to take care of Kendricks, uh, one of their bright young stars, of course, they drafted to do so really before the offseason program even begins. Uh, they've had a plan financially really since uh, taking care of these guys since last offseason. Check another one off the list. Kendricks got paid big time today. Yeah, it was, uh, Ian Rappaport from NFL Network on uh, Eric Kendricks. Are they, I feel like they get all these done. There's going to be a couple that go into training camp, right? But w- would there be any reason if you're any of these, you know, remaining Anthony Barr, these free agents, Stefan Diggs, who's most likely to not sign a contract before the season starts and maybe just like gets to free agency? To play it out, Diggs. Probably digs, right? I think right? it's digs. Now, yeah. now, Unless they come with a crazy good offer. It's interesting that Rappaport said Barr's name. Because my question is, is he just picking that name off the list? Or was he told, basically said, okay, who's next? And was told, it might be Barr. Like, guys like that don't just make things up. Or ordinarily, they talk to enough agents yeah. and team executives. And Rappaport, if, I, if I'm correct on this, has actually had a few Viking scoops. It seems like he's getting more and more, which which leads me down the path of he's probably talking to Spielman or somebody high up with the team. So him mentioning Barr, I wouldn't dismiss. I would say that that probably came with, with some knowledge from him saying, okay, you signed Kendricks of this list of three or four guys. Who's next on it? And I say this not based in uh, like rooted research, but it it feels like skill position players, wide receivers, and running backs are the ones that have that. There's always like the largest gap between how much money they think they're worth and how much money a team would like to pay them. And part of that just their injury risk is high because they're getting they're out there on every play. They're getting hit on a regular basis, and uh, like wide receivers could suffer brain trauma they could suffer knee injuries and ankles and like look what happened to Odell Beckham Jr. So obviously there are cornerbacks who hold out and there's defensive players who do but don't you think if you if you took a sample of like the last 10 years players who who play hardball and or get to a point where they're holding out or 
or mad about a franchise take. It's almost always running back and wide receiver, right? Yes, yes. And if you're Diggs, if if you uh, go through the list of guys who have signed in recent months, and you see the amount of cash those guys are getting, I think you're going to say to yourself, I'll take the chance. I'll, I'll risk possibly getting hurt in 2018 at some point, because if I don't get hurt, I'm going to make a killing here. He's not going to make, to a caller's point, Diggs isn't going to just get paid. He's going to get a ridiculous amount. The The guy that did the Vikings a huge favor, in my opinion, is Rhodes. Because if can you imagine if Rhodes had gotten into the open market? He would have gotten, he would have absolutely killed. I think Diggs is going to say, I'm a fifth-round pick. I didn't make that much. I've got the chance now to at least explore it. So either franchise me and pay me a boatload for one year, yeah. or I'm going to explore it. Yeah, the, and like we talked about with Collar, the gap between what franchise quarterbacks make at the at the bottom end. Now that now that Kirk Cousins is up to thirty million, so now like everyone is going to get up to that range. Garoppolo makes twenty seven, but like Andy Dalton makes seventeen, and there's other franchise quarterbacks. Joe Flacco, I think, is at maybe twenty two, and he's not a very good franchise quarterback, but. The wide receiver line is getting closer to the bottom of the quarterback line, which is natural as the salary cap goes up. So, Stefan Diggs, I if, if if all of these guys, Waynes, Hunter, Diggs, and Barr, if all those guys are going to make considerable money, like top five or ten at their position money, and you can afford only three of them, um, I would I would let one of the defensive guys go. Collar said he'd let Waynes go. I said Barr because I just don't like Barr. Seems like the type of guy that you're still paying for potential. Yeah. And at some point, you got to pay for what it is. Like, I, if I'm paying for Barr's potential, I'm paying twenty million dollars a year. Like, he's yeah. got the potential to be one of I the think best I'd players let in the Barr NFL. Go too. Uh, Wayne's, I don't know on him. I need to see him for another year, which makes this difficult. Daniel Hunter, I think he's a really good. Like Diggs and Hunter are the ones I'm the surest about. I know what they are. I know right. that Daniel Hunter is a ferocious pass rusher. Right. I know Stephon Diggs is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Cap wise, though, if if you do deals and you keep digs he's going to get paid huge um wayne's i think you would have to give a good contract to but not a huge one for his second contract hunter's going to get paid the the issue now becomes i think Barr's going to demand a ton and that's where i say to myself kid three years ago i really liked you you fell off you came back and played well i'm not sure it's for real and at the going rate that bar is going to seek i don't think i'm paying that I'm just not. Yeah. I paid Kendricks. Now, do, do I want a guy who plays by by him, who at one time I thought could play defensive end, linebacker, and now I'm not as convinced. Do I, I want to pay him that much? Probably not. Yeah. Uh, Jason Stark will join the show in about 30 minutes. He'll bring his trivia and uh, all kinds of other stuff to the table. It's one of our favorite guests of the week. When we come back here, so Pat brought this show up, this, this talker up yesterday, both in the hallway and I think on his show, and for sure on Twitter. Uh, that like Carl Anthony Towns has a bad game, and we blame other circumstances around him. But when Wiggins has a bad game, we blame Wiggins and really only Wiggins. Is that a fair assessment? Are we not hard enough on Carl Anthony Towns after a game like the one we saw here, uh, game one against Houston? Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios.